Most photographers spend the majority of their time stuck behind a computer. They're editing, they're culling, but they're not focusing on growing their business and giving their clients an amazing experience. Even if you've introduced new AI workflows before, most photographers are still spending their limited time on tasks that don't grow their business. Well, today I want to introduce you to PostPartner. Unlike other photo editing companies, PostPartner is designed to partner with you for the long term as you grow your business. In addition to their premium editing service, PostPartner recently launched hybrid AI editing. With hybrid AI editing, you get paired up with a personal editor that learns your style and leverages AI tools to deliver you client-ready images for only 19 cents per image. Not to mention, every single photo is reviewed and adjusted for consistency by PostPartner's team of photographers turned editors. PostPartner is based in Vancouver, Canada, and they want you to have confidence in the quality of the images that you're delivering to your clients. If you want to get more time to invest back into your business, head on over to postpartner.com slash shoot and use the coupon code shoot to receive $200 towards your first editing order. Go check them out. Expose my mind to clarity Oh my spirit shudders Capture the moment uh, to keep my sanity and the wisdom rushing in so much everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Oh Shoot. I am your host, Cassidy Lynn, and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here listening to yet another episode. And this episode is on a topic that a lot of us are interested in, and I've got a lot of requests to do this episode. So I'm doing it. I'm sure you read the title. Today we are talking about AI and how it affects photography. Now, I have seen a lot of people doing podcasts on this very topic, so my goal in making this episode is to kind of just give you guys a little bit of my perspective and like just tell you how I'm using AI or how I think AI should be used. Like, I'm not going to like come in here and just, I don't know, spit all these facts and like it's just going to be this super like overwhelming episode. Like... I just want to tell you guys a little bit of like my perspective from wedding photographer who's just kind of chilling. Like I'm not trying to overdo it. I'm not trying to be too techy with my business. So that's kind of what today's episode is going to be about. I honestly don't have a ton of life updates other than the fact that it is wedding season and I am feeling it. I feel like I'm always in a state of losing my voice I feel like I have so much to edit. My editing list is at like eight galleries, which is a lot. Like I feel like that is a lot when you actually think about it. Um, So yeah, weddings are here. I basically have a wedding every single weekend with the exception of July. I think once I get to July, it kind of mellows out. And then August, it also mellows out. But 
May, June, and like the first part of July is just like crazy for me. So that's kind of where I'm at. A lot of the times I feel like photography educators, when they become educators, they kind of stop shooting. (laughs) And I want you guys to know, I am not going to stop shooting because I think the best educators learn from experience. And if you're not continually in the field and actually shooting, I feel like Like, what do you have to teach? Like, you're not actually shooting. So I will be shooting weddings. I will be shooting sessions this whole summer, just like you guys. So we're in this together, okay? Um, Let's see. I think the only other thing I wanted to say was about my AI brushes, which is actually, like, kind of on today's topic. So I mentioned in last week's episode that my brushes were launching, and they actually launch, at this point, it'll be, like, almost a week ago and their AI brushes, which I thought was like a perfect thing to bring up during this episode since we're talking about AI, but they launched and the launch went really, really well. I posted it a little bit on my private Instagram story, but my launches, like I've launched quite a few things in my time of being an educator. And my very first thing I ever launched like digital product wise was like, okay, I had like a few templates and like little instructional guides, but like my biggest first thing I ever launched were my Honey Boba presets. Like those presets were my first launch and they were like my biggest launch until these AI brushes. So I've basically like, when I launched these brushes, I really didn't have any expectations. Like I was like, oh, it'll be like another launch, just like everything else. But It has been amazing and I am like literally blown away. So thank you if you went and bought my brushes. Thank you guys so much. But I do feel like these brushes are like right on topic with today's episode because it it accurately describes kind of where photography is heading like these brushes. Okay. So today's topic is AI, like I mentioned. And I think the thing with AI that is a little confusing is like literally it's just so generic. Like people would be like, Oh, I'm using AI. And it's like, okay, but how are you using AI? Like what program are you using? Did you have to download something? Like I think a lot of people get confused by the actual term AI because it's so generic and people will just say it. And it's like, okay, I need actual like I need to actually know how you're doing it so we're gonna talk about that too so what is AI I want to start just by like defining her terms before we just jump right into it so AI stands for artificial intelligence okay it feels so weird that I'm even (laughs) making this podcast episode like me talking about AI this just feels weird I don't know why like I feel like it's a little too techy for me it's a little too technical um I'm still going to do it, but I just want to let you guys know how I'm feeling. (laughs) So AI is artificial intelligence. So AI basically allows computers to do things that they normally couldn't do without true human intelligence. So like, it's exactly how it sounds like AI used to not exist because everything that AI does today, you used to, it used to require a human to do it. But now with like, technology developing you no longer need a human behind it and like the computer can kind of do it itself which is crazy 
common AI that you probably know would be Siri or Alexa or Google Assistant. Like those, I feel like were the OG AI things, you know, like when Siri first came out, it was like the biggest deal ever. I remember like asking her a million questions because it was just like so crazy. Like it was just like the first AI thing that I feel like really affected the consumer. So I'm sure like AI has been used for a while for different things, but like as far as the consumer goes, I feel like we really started to see it when like Siri and Alexa and stuff came out. So I want to talk about this survey that I found on the internet. I was surfing the internet today and I really wanted to understand like, okay, how do people feel about AI? Like, I just kind of want to understand photographers first and foremost, before we even get into AI. Like, so I found the survey basically, and it is from Petapixels, what the website's called. Um, and they did a survey of around 2,300 photographers. And these photographers were from 78 different countries and they specialize in portraits, landscapes, weddings, sports, and families. So really they took all of the photographers that exist out there, all different kinds from all different types of places and did a survey, which I thought was really interesting. Stuff like this actually really fascinates me. But basically what, what did they find in the survey? In this survey, they found that within the age group of photographers, more than 65% of people have 10 years plus of experience. So I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely don't have 10 years plus of experience. I don't have 10 years plus. Like, I feel like at that point, like you're well-established, like you're just kind of chilling, doing your own thing. And that's 65% of the people that were surveyed, which is kind of crazy. So the other 35% of people have under 10 years of experience. So already I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, like we're already kind of in that minority of like, we don't have a ton of experience. And apparently a lot of photographers in the industry have way more experience than us. Also, I feel like it shows like a lot of people in the photography industry are probably going to be older. Like they're not going to be like 30 and under or like 25 and under, you know, they're going to be above that mark because, you know, these people have 10 plus years of experience, which might actually impact how willing people are to accept AI. Like sometimes I feel like when you're, as you get older, you, you're kind of stuck in your ways a little bit and you don't necessarily want to change. Not saying that's for every single photographer out there that's, you know, a little bit older than 20 year olds. But I do feel like sometimes that is like a common mindset. As you get older and more experienced, you get stuck in your ways a little bit. I I feel that happening with myself. Like I feel like sometimes I feel myself being like, well, I don't want to do this new thing because like the way I've been doing it just works, you know, but I really feel like such an important mindset in photography is being willing to change and adapt, especially to trends and just like new things in the industry. You know, we saw that with, um, oh, I don't know, like different stuff during COVID, like when 
you couldn't meet in person and like a lot of people were struggling to do photo shoots, like adapting to that and like figuring out how to do zoom calls and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that was really transformative for a lot of people's businesses, whether or not you were willing to adapt. So I feel like this is kind of the same thing from that survey. They found that a majority of the photographers surveyed make from 20 K to 60 K, but because that sounds a little discouraging, right? It's like 20K to 60K, like majority of people are not really, they're not really getting the bag from photography. But 41% of the people that were surveyed made over 60K. So a majority of the people surveyed were in that 20K to 60K mark. However, still 41% of people were over 60K in revenue. So just kind of give you an idea of how much people are making in photography, like that is the the general revenue. That's really, really broad, but I do feel like it's pretty accurate of like majority of people make 20 to 60K. You know, you're kind of chilling. That's like, you know, a couple weddings a year. Maybe you're not charging enough, whatever. And then 41% of people are making 60K plus. So they're really, you know, working on those different things to help them get to that higher revenue. Maybe they're full time and like they don't need to work another job or whatever. Like I feel like those are going to be the people that are 60K plus are like the full timers who like book out every single year. Okay. So let's move on to the next little statistic. And this actually starts to get into AI. So they, in the survey, they literally asked photographers questions about AI, which is why I was interested in the survey in the first place. Like I, I really wanted to hear like the opinions of photographers and see, okay, how many people are actually using AI and stuff. So 50% of the people who were surveyed say that they have integrated AI into their workflows already. I don't necessarily know how they've integrated AI. It didn't say but half of photographers already are using AI. So is it impacting the photography industry? Definitely. But I, I really feel like it's impacting the photography industry for the better. Like 50% of people are already using AI. AI is super helpful. So I'm glad that so many people are willing to use something that's new that's going to help them. You know what I mean? Like I, I really feel like that is an encouraging statistic that so many people are already using it, which means got to be helpful, right? The the next statistic from the survey, 41% of people said that if there was one thing they wanted to spend less time doing, it was editing. So of all the things that they're not wanting to do, these people that were surveyed, it's editing. And I'm sure you guys can relate to this because right when I read that, I was like, yeah, I would probably answer that as well. It just feels like editing specifically feels like something that someone else can do. I don't know. It just, it never really feels like something that has to be done just by me because my presets are like made to my style. So it's like, I feel like anyone could just like edit my photos. So if there's one thing I'm going to use AI for, it's probably going to be editing. And I, after doing some research, found that a lot of AI and photography is like through softwares and stuff like that. Um, and then 34% of people said that they're using AI to reduce their editing time. So from the 41% of people that said that they don't, they don't like editing, they want to re- not edit, basically, 34% of those people said that they're using AI to reduce their editing time. Okay, so that's interesting. 
And then I also looked at like the statistic for just wedding photographers and like how many wedding photographers said that they're using AI. And of the wedding photographers that were surveyed, 51% of them said that they use AI. Okay. That's a pretty big number. So half of wedding photographers interviewed said that they used AI. Okay. So are you one of those people? I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of, if someone asked me like, do I use AI? I would probably say yes, but I don't think I'm using AI as effectively as I could, but I do, there are areas in my workflow where I've started using AI to help me. Um, so when we're talking about AI, I feel like a lot of the times we think like, oh, AI is like this just technology that can do all my work for me and it's going to like eliminate photographers. No, no, no. Personally, I think AI is, it's just used for things that used to require a human, but now a computer can do on its own. So for example, brushes in Lightroom. Brushes used to be where you had to like, let's say if you wanted to soften your um, skin of your subjects, you used to have to paint your brushes onto your subjects, like manually, every single photo, select the areas of the skin and then go in and soften. But now AI is able to detect your subject's skin so that it can automatically just put the mask over the skin and then like you can, you know, soften the skin. So that is one example of how, you know, things used to be a certain way where humans used to have to do it, but now softwares and technology are able to do that human task for us. Okay. Does that make sense? So for example, my AI brushes auto detect, let's say your subject's teeth, and they're going to automatically whiten based on the settings that I've put into that brush. So that's an example of like how my brushes are AI. It's something that used to require 100% like human elements and human technology, technology, human, it used to require a human and now, you know, Lightroom can do it for you. So how can we use AI in photography? That's a really interesting question. And I think this is the question that everyone's wondering is like, okay, AI exists, but like, how can I use it? So first thing that I think of is to remove things. This has become a really popular topic like right now because Photoshop launched their new Photoshop beta, which has generative AI fill in it where you can like tell Photoshop to fill in this area with like this specific thing and you can add all sorts of crazy things or it can, it's really good at detecting like what should be there. If there's something in the way, it's really good at detecting like what the background should be. So I posted a reel like mm, at this point, it's probably like a month ago and we took self portraits in San Francisco, like on this really busy walkway. And so many of our photos had people walking in front of them. Like you could still see our faces, but like there was a person that was right in between me and Charlie. Like you could see our faces, but like you couldn't see, like I was doing like a little spin and you couldn't even tell like you couldn't see what I was doing at all. So I tried the new Photoshop beta and like told it to just like remove the person. And it basically perfectly figured out what, like what my dress should look like, what my shoes looked like. It was 
crazy. Like the whole background, uh, my mind was literally blown. And I really feel like this new AI technology is going to be amazing for removing unwanted items. I feel like in the past, you know, if you wanted to remove something, first thing I used to do was I would go to Photoshop and I would try, um, uh, I forget what it's called. It's called like fill or something like that. Oh, why am I blinking? I used to go in and try like the autofill, whatever it is on Photoshop first. And then if that wouldn't work, if it couldn't content aware fill, that's what it's called. I used to go into Photoshop and content aware fill, let's say a trash can in the background. If it couldn't figure out like what needed to be in the background, like if that wasn't good enough, then I would literally go and like clone stamp and like manually remove this item. But now like the Photoshop beta is just like unreal with removing things. Like it's just amazing. And in Lightroom too, like they started doing like a content aware fill thing in Lightroom and that's pretty good too. Um, another way that we can use AI in photography is to remove closed eyes and to fix like people that blink during photos. So like you can easily swap out their eyes for like something else, whatever. Um, so that's another way we can use AI to fix clothing or like problem areas in an image. If someone's pockets are flipped inside out, if someone has a stain on their shirt, like it, it it's a pretty easy fix in Lightroom if you just use like the healing tool. But if it's like a little bit more intense, of something like let's say like you have a bride and like her little like hanger loop is hanging out or like I don't know she's got like this gigantic stain all over her dress on her train or something like AI has really good technology especially in the new Photoshop beta to help you fix that um also like I saw someone who removed or well, they removed like a bunch of pedestrians in the street. So they were taking these photos in like New York City. They removed a bunch of random people in random cars. And then they added in like fun taxis and stuff to kind of give like the photo like a certain vibe. And I never really thought of like adding in taxis. I would have thought, oh, just remove the people. But then adding in an element through AI, I thought was kind of cool. But I think there's a certain line that you shouldn't cross when it comes to adding in things. We're going to talk about that in a minute. You can use AI for auto selections in Lightroom. So automatically picking certain areas of your photo through Lightroom masking. AI editing and culling. This has been a huge thing. There are a ton of AI culling softwares, AI editing softwares. I'm going to mention a few at the end of the episode. AI copywriting. So like if you're trying to write a blog post, like you can get AI to write a blog post for you. There are softwares out there that exist that can write paragraphs and paragraphs for you. Um, AI red eye fix, you know, Lightroom has a pretty good, just like auto detect your eyes and then they auto just fix the red eye. Um, you can use AI to create a mood board. I thought that this was an interesting idea. So you can use AI to kind of help you visualize, let's say a photo shoot. If you, um, are doing like this really moody, like beach photo shoot, but you want like, um, I don't know, you want black and whites and, um, you want like birds and stuff like that. You can go and let's say you use Photoshop beta. You can go and like add in some inspo photos from Pinterest and then you can start creating images by typing in like vintage black and white um, 
couple in a convertible car and you can type that in and just kind of like mess around and like get different ideas. Maybe you type in like, um, like an object, like vintage film camera. And you kind of have that to be part of your mood board because maybe your couple is bringing like a vintage film camera or something like that. Um, so that's a fun idea that I thought could be helpful for photographers. Um, you know, creating these mood boards to help you plan out how a shoot's going to look like you can use AI for that. You can also use AI to kind of help you plan out like a a makeup look or like outfits and stuff like that. So you can type in like different outfits in AI. I'm thinking specifically in Photoshop beta and you just type different stuff in and see what you like and kind of create like a mood board from that. Um, The last thing I was thinking for, for using AI in photography, this one's one of my favorites is the um, Lightroom noise reduction AI feature that they just added in Lightroom Classic like maybe a month ago. Um, I think it's in the detail section, like the detail panel in Lightroom Classic. When you go there, it used to say like luminance noise reduction and then there was like a slider and there still is like a manual, like it says like manual luminance noise reduction now and you can just slide it if you really want that. But what they now have is like, um, it, it's like a little button. It says AI denoise and you click on it and you can choose how intense you want the photo to denoise. And it's way better than the old luminance noise reduction. Like for example, I shot this wedding in Mexico last month and for the reception, it was outside on like this rooftop and it was pitch black and there were only like string lights for lighting. I couldn't bounce my flash cause there was no ceiling. We were on a roof And I didn't want to point my flash directly forward because I felt like that was really intense. So I was just shooting on a really high ISO. I think my ISO was at like 4,000 or something. And my photos were noisy. Like it was bad. And I used the AID noise and I was blown away at how smooth it made my photos. Almost to the point where I felt like I needed to add in a little bit more grain to get it to look like my other photos because it was so smooth and so clear that I almost was like, bro, this is too good, okay? So that's a really cool AI feature that I've been using a lot lately and it is chef's kiss, so good. So I now wanna talk about how we should not use AI. This might be a little controversial. Obviously, this is just my opinion, but I feel like there are some like moral things when it comes to AI, and I feel like there are some lines that you just shouldn't cross, okay? And this is just in my opinion, but like if you feel differently, that's fine, okay? Like I said, this is just me talking. Like I am not the end-all be-all when it comes to this. So the first thing that I think for how we shouldn't use AI is to create unrealistic images that either set unrealistic standards or you're adding in things that weren't actually there. Um, things that are like absolutely like insane, you know, like, um, if you took a bunch of photos on a beach in Michigan, but you change it to look like, I don't know, Positano, Italy, and then you add in a vintage car on the beach and then you add in a flock of birds and a rainbow. Like, I feel like that is just a little bit too far. I'm sure it would look pretty realistic, like with the way that AI works, like, especially if you're using Photoshop beta, like 
I could see it looking so realistic. However, it's like, where do we draw the line? Like, at what point are you just setting up like a white backdrop in your house, taking photos of yourself and then changing the background and adding stuff in through AI to look like something completely different than what actually was there. I just feel like it's a little like morally, I don't really feel like that's something I want to do just because, you know, people worked so hard to get their portfolios and to, you know, travel to certain places or take photos of certain things. And now it's like, you can just type it into AI and it just pops up in your photos. I mean, it's basically the same as Photoshopping things into your images that weren't there before. It's, just, it's the same exact thing. And I don't, ne- I don't think that's necessarily something that I'm interested in doing. If, if I'm, you know, if I want a Hawaii session in my portfolio, I want to go to Hawaii and get that session for myself. I don't want to AI my photos to look like Hawaii. So then people book me. I I really feel like that is faking it to the point where like it could harm you. Like if you are photoshopping your photos to look like Hawaii, but they were, I don't know, on some random beach in Michigan, let's say if you're photoshopping your photos to look like Hawaii, let's say you, you book sessions in Hawaii because of that. And then your clients are like, Oh, I want photos where this was taken. Okay, well, then you're going to have to tell them, um, those are fake photos. Those are fake mountains. Those are fake palm trees. That does not sit well with me, with a client. Like, you're, <laughs> you are walking a very fine line. Do you know what I'm saying? I think if you're using it just for fun, okay, you want to Photoshop yourself in Italy, fine. That's fun. But don't use it for, like, promotional promotional stuff or marketing or like Instagram or like any of that. Like I think if it's just messing around and you're adding crazy stuff in fine, but like, I don't know. I just don't feel like that is right. It just doesn't feel right with me. I don't know. Um, it also makes me think about styled shoots, right? So like, you know, a couple years ago, people are paying thousands of dollars to go to Utah and get these unbelievable photos at the Grand Canyon, let's say. But now you can take a couple that you did photos of last week in Michigan and you can Photoshop it to make them look like they're at the Grand Canyon. Like, I I just don't know, like, where's that line of, like, are style shoots going to still exist or are people just going to AI everything? I don't know. Like, I can't control photographers. I don't, I don't know if people are going to start Photoshopping things and using AI to build their portfolio. I feel like that would really be a disadvantage to people who like don't think it's okay, like to me. Um, but style shoots, maybe they fizzle away because of this. Like you no longer have to travel to Utah. You can just get the photo from the comfort of your couch by using AI. It all comes down to moral obligation. And I really feel like you can fake it to the point where, like I said, it's going to be harmful for you potentially. And that's scary. So in my opinion, I don't think that you should be using AI to build your portfolio. Like, I don't think you should use AI to change things as far as like landscapes or like adding in random elements that 
are we're not actually there. Personally, I won't be doing that. And I don't feel like that is the move right now. Okay, now that I've shared my controversial feelings and I put those out there into the world, now we're going to talk about those practical things that I was mentioning earlier in this episode about like, okay, what are the actual programs and softwares that people are using to use AI? Like when people say, oh, I use AI, like what are the things you're actually using? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about now. So I did some research on like the most common slash highly reviewed rated AI programs for photographers that I thought would be the most helpful for you guys and kind of put them into a little list. So a lot of AI at this point for photographers is going to be editing, culling, and like maybe copywriting and like adding in random stuff into your images and like removing stuff from your images. So that's kind of what we're seeing for AI right now. With the exception of, I saw one article that said that cameras might start to implement AI into their cameras, which I was like, okay, that's that's a little bit too much for me. Like that's a little bit too much for my brain to comprehend. So common AI programs. One, Aftershoot. This is a highly recommended culling software, I guess. So if you, you know, take way too many photos like I do, this could be a good thing to look into for a program to cull your photos for you. I do believe that narrative might be another option for culling, although I don't know if narrative does AI I think possibly narrative select is AI. I could be wrong though. So like, don't quote me on that. So those are like two culling things. Um, There's also batch AI for editing your photos. That is like AI. So AI editing would be batch AI. There's also imagine AI for editing. Imagine is spelled I-M-A-G-E-N and that is the same exact thing as batch AI. It's like they kind of figure out how you edit and then like go through and edit your photos for you with like an AI software, which is very interesting. Um, Photoshop beta, which I mentioned so many times in this episode for text to image, generative fill, um, removing objects that has been game changing for so many photographers. I have seen countless reels and TikToks and stories about people just using it and messing around with it. Right now it's free if you have just the regular Photoshop. So if you have Photoshop already, literally just go to your Adobe Creative Cloud and you can just download it onto only desktop, I think. Um, But yeah, that's a very like, if you want to just kind of dip your toes and mess around with like adding stuff into your photos, Photoshop AI or Photoshop beta, sorry. Um, Adobe Express has a new beta that just came out. I'm actually partners with them. I'm partnering with them for some brand projects, but they have a text to image AI feature. And that one is like Adobe Express is basically all of Adobe's software is kind of put into one place, like, you know, Photoshop, Illustrator, like they're all kind of in this easy to use platform called Adobe Express. And you can type out different things and then like put it into photos. So I actually was messing around with this today. 
I have this photo of Appa, my dog, and he was like laying on the ground and I typed in like blue rope toy. And I was like trying to mess around with like different lighting and like trying to get it in a place where it looked natural to have this rope toy just like next to him. So I thought that was fun. Like I could like remove the background and stuff. I was having a good time. (laughs) Honestly, sometimes I think I procrastinate. And I think that was a moment where I was like procrastinating and pretending that me doing that was like working. Um, Another program that currently uses AI is Lightroom Classic. All of Lightroom actually has adopted a lot of AI features. Like I was mentioning earlier, um, Lightroom can auto detect your sky in your photo, your background, your subject, your subject's eyebrows, your subject's skin, like all of these different areas. It can auto detect those areas. It has the AI denoise, which is really cool. Um, I don't know of any other AI features in Lightroom that I can think of. Um, I'm sure there are others, but, um, Lightroom has been really stepping up their game with AI. So if you're just like messing around, like you can literally just go into Lightroom. You probably already have Lightroom and you can just mess around with the AI that they have after going through and like listing off all of these programs when I was like prepping for this episode, it really got me feeling like I do maybe want to try branching out and trying some AI softwares to help with culling and editing specifically. Um, so that might be something that I try this week. I, and I'm sure you guys also have this fear. I just fear that if I trust a program to let's say cull through my images, it's not going to pick the right ones. (laughs) Like there's just something about being an artist that like, like I pick certain photos for certain reasons and sometimes I can't even explain why I pick a photo. It's like, oh, her hair is blowing more in this one than that one. So I'm going to pick the one where her hair is blowing more. And I feel like AI can't really figure that out. Um, I, there was a software I used one time and it, I used it for culling and it skipped over like some family photos. Like I went through and it was like for a wedding and it skipped like certain combos that I did. And I was like, um, I don't really feel like letting this AI software cull through my photos for me. And then like, I have to go back and recall. Basically I have to go through and look through all the photos again to make sure it didn't miss anything. Well, at that point I might as well just do it myself. Right. So that's something that I fear with culling. And then with editing, I'm afraid that it's like not going to edit how I would. Or like, it'll just look a little bit different. Like there are certain things I change depending on the lighting, you know, whether it's like temperature or contrast, like just depending on how the photo looks. And like, I I just know a computer can't like, it just doesn't know when to do that type of stuff, at least not with the softwares that I've used in the past. So I want to trust AI. I really do. But sometimes I just feel like, it can't do what I do. Like, I feel like people like my work for my eye, not for a computer's eye. So that's kind of the internal struggle that I have with this topic specifically. A lot of people ask the question, is AI going to replace photographers? And my answer is no. AI is not going to replace photographers. 
I think AI is only going to help photographers. Truly. I feel like AI is only going to help make the process of like editing and stuff faster and easier and better. But like they're talking about adding AI into cameras as well. So, you know, it could help us a lot in the long run. I think like there is like a really cool opportunity with how popular film is right now to go get a film camera and really learn like the manual technical side of photography. I think that's so helpful as a photographer, but I don't think there's anything wrong with then going and using a camera that has really good AI technology, really good like built-in technology to help you take better photos. Um, You know, I think we should be using technology to help us. Like it's there to aid us. Like let's not resist and be these people that are stuck in our ways but at the same time, let's remember where we came from and remember that you can't replace the human eye and you can't replace the art side of it. And you really do need to learn how to do some things manually in order to be better. Like don't necessarily just rely on technology all the time. That's kind of, that's kind of how I feel. Like I feel like there's a balance, right? So the things that I do think are non-replaceable as far as humans go, like are, you know, lighting and angles. I think angles is going to be the biggest thing. When you think like, oh, I think AI is going to replace human photographers. If that were the case, you would basically like if if you used AI to generate a complete gallery from you for for you from like start to finish, a lot of the photos would look basically identical. Because I think AI right now doesn't really have the technology and software to go as deep as like all these different angles and lighting. And like, I think you would get a lot of the photos that look a little too similar in my opinion. So I do think humans are required still for photography, (laughs) um, angles, lighting, and honestly just like artistic decisions. I think that's kind of a no brainer. Like there's so many different artistic decisions that go into taking a photo, lighting, angles, lenses, um, camera settings, you know, like there's like movement and like, there's just pose, like there's so much that goes into it. I really don't think that AI can like do that right now. And like, I don't even, my brain is trying to wrap around like the idea of a couple coming to me and being like, I want an AI photo shoot. Like, here's a photo of us. Can you do an AI photo shoot? I don't know if that'd be possible. Like, could you take a photo of a couple and like turn it into a full gallery. I don't know. That almost seems like more work than just doing the session. (laughs) So that's just something to think about. I I don't think it's going to get to that point, but could it? I don't know. Maybe. Do you need to worry slash freak out about AI? No. Okay. First of all, we don't freak out. Okay. We we mildly stress, but we don't freak out. Okay. This is just another thing that's being thrown at us. I think it's here to stay. I don't think AI is going anywhere. So I would definitely say learn it, get used to it. But do we need to freak out and be like, oh my gosh, I need to turn all my workflows into AI. I need to completely change the way I do everything. No, I think it's good to just adapt and learn little by little and start. Let's say you start with just 
maybe an AI editing software. And then you start messing around with uh, Photoshop beta a little bit. Like you don't have to go crazy. Okay. Don't freak out. It's normal for new things to be introduced to us all the time. We see this consistently in photography. The industry is always shifting, always changing for the better, I think. So let's not freak out. Let's just be willing to change a little bit and see where it takes us. Okay. That's all I have for today's episode, guys. I hope I challenged you a little bit to be open to AI and I hope this was a pretty educating podcast for you. Just learning a little bit about what's new, what's happening and how you can use it in your photography. I hope that this, that was this podcast for you. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember all of these episodes can be found on YouTube. If you like to put a face with my voice, it'll be over there on YouTube on my YouTube channel. It's literally, I think my YouTube is literally just Cassidy Lynn. So head on over there if you want to watch these episodes while you listen to them. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Expose my mind to clarity Oh my spirit shudders Capture the moment uh, to keep my sanity And the wisdom rushing in So much Shadows is my composure. All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her. I am so done, need more time developing in my red room. It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand, whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking. It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand. Whatever the moment, wherever we stand, I'm taking you, taking you, taking you. Never gonna stop finding good old shoes